Talking CX. My name is Robin Miller, and with me, I have Graham Clark. Hi, Graham. How are you doing? Hey, Robin. Doing great. It's good to have you here. Yeah, it's good to be here, especially in this uh, this crazy period that we, yeah, especially in this crazy period that we're sitting in. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, so we're all we're all practicing our social distancing at this point. Um, yeah, I hope everybody's doing okay and staying safe. So let's get started. We are talking today about CX measurements, and this is the last in our series based on the CX operating model. So those of you who have been following along, if you'll recall, we started off talking about the CX operating model and all of the different elements within that model. So we covered CX strategy, customer understanding, your business operating model, the CX design and CX technology stack. And so this is the last one in our series. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, I'd encourage you to go back and and give that a listen again. So CX measurements, what in one sentence or less, how would you define that, Graham? It's fundamentally about measuring how efficient, effective, and emotionally empathetic your experiences are understanding any issues your customer has and either responding immediately to those or packaging them up into long-term system systemic experience improvements. And why is it important if you can just list out, you know, if there's three or four main reasons for why CX measurements are important and we need to pay attention to them, what would you say those are? Well, if you, if you, don't measure, you can't tell what about your experiences you need to improve. Um, you know, you can't, as they say, you can't improve what you don't measure. And when you make improvements, you can't tell if those improvements worked, if you don't measure them. And then, and then in your average business, one of the most important elements is you need to demonstrate to your stakeholders that the investments that they're making are actually impacting the experience and hopefully impacting the business model as well. What are the key elements of CX measurements? Are there certain elements that are common to measurements all across, no matter what kind of measuring that you're doing or what kind of company that you're measuring for? Yeah, like, like most things in the CX world, you know, this, this uh, CX measurement and improvement, of course, of kind of standardized in some pretty, pretty widely agreed frameworks. So there's, there's five key components of a measurement system. So let's talk about measurement systems. There's the listening component, which is you know, gathering, listening to feedback from your customers. There's the actioning component. So doing something about it, whether it be an immediate response or it be longer term uh, systemic improvements. Um, there's the whole rising area of voice of analytics, which is a pretty, pretty exciting area. Um, and then there's a bunch of additional measures that more advanced companies are looking at in terms of financial and operational measures. And then, and then finally, for the most advanced companies, there's taking all this stuff and turning it into a CX continuous improvement system. All right. Well, let's just kind of dive in and, and go through these um, one at a time. Um, you said there's listening systems. What makes up a listening system? The term many people will have heard of that really dominates that entire area is this idea of voice of customer. So, you know, what do your customers tell you 
about how they see their experiences with you, whether they whether you get it through email or chat surveys or SMS surveys or online forums or social media, a gazillion ways. But fundamentally, you know, the core of listening systems is how do you tell what the experiences that your customers are having with you so that you can do something about it. And thinking about that in, in more advanced companies today, in addition to voice of customer, they're also gathering, you know, voice of partners, right? So the partners in your business, they're gathering voice of employees, one of your most important constituencies, you know, voice of supplier. And and for for businesses where this is a real issue, even voice of regulator, right? Or voice of government or uh, many of the others. So there's a there's a kind of standard term that, that you know, CX professionals hear voices, right? Because there's lots of different voices, but they're all designed to give you information about how well are you doing and what do you need to improve to be doing better. So I'd love to hear an example of, you know, how a company would use uh, this voice, right? And and maybe we can kind of touch on a two or three of these, you know, the voice of the customer plus a couple of the other ones like employee and supplier that, that you were mentioning before. What does that look like? So, so I think I think the first thing to kind of clarify before we go down that road is, you know, there's really two um, kind of different fidelities, for want of a better word, around listening. One is kind of all up relationship. So, you know, how do you rate your experiences with us this year or in a lifetime? And then the other is transactional, right? So, you know, what was your drive-through burger experience like this morning or how, how well did we process your claim, right? So there's, there's transactional experiences, there's transactional inquiries, and there's relationship inquiries. And then when you, when you kind of look at, you know, how, how companies get those, right, you can cast your mind back to the real old days when people got postcards saying, how do we do? Um, and then today, most people are pretty used to and sometimes annoyed by um, email saying, how do we do? Or, uh, you know, text messages on their phone or social media messages saying, how do we do? Or web forms that pop up during your digital experiences to say, you know, how are we doing? So there's a there's a myriad ways of, of gathering voice of customer. Um, voice of employee you, has two different meanings. You can gain impressions on how your employees are doing, kind of treating your employees like customers. But, but more fundamentally in customer experience is getting your employees insight into how well they thought the experience went. And then similarly with voice of partner, right? You think of a, you think of a company like Amazon and Amazon's deliveries are, are largely handled by other parties like FedEx and UPS and USPS. Um, and they've got suppliers who supply the products. And so Amazon's constantly polling those partners um, to figure out how things are going. And so, you know, the, I mean, the, Fundamentally, the the why is it important, and and what do companies get from it is is I think pretty obvious. As you you know, if you run your business locked up in an ivory tower without ever talking to the people that you run your business for and with, whether it be customers or employees and partners, um, especially in today's dynamic environment where customers have most of the power in terms of the relationship and you know the phone in the pocket and social media capability and the ability ability to yell about you on Twitter. Um, and criticize you in front of the whole world. Uh, it's really, really important for companies to gather information about how well they're doing with those customers. And then even more importantly, if you 
kind of cast your mind back to our conversations around customer understanding in the early stages of this series, you know, part of the issue is that we now have very different customers who want very different things. And so unlike 30 or 40 years ago, it's not good enough to say, you know, every customer is exactly the same and we're going to serve our customers exactly the same. And if we're doing well with a small group of customers, then we're doing well with everybody. So it's, you know, it's absolutely important that companies get feedback from their customers, their employees, their partners, in fact, anybody they can get it from to tell them how well they're doing, whether they be, you know, engaging with those parties through stores and branches or whether it be online or, or any other way. So without that, without that feedback, you're really kind of hopelessly isolated. And, and, you know, if you're not in trouble today, you're going to be in trouble pretty quickly tomorrow. So let's talk about how the measurement piece comes in, because it sounds like what we're talking about right now is the gathering process mm. of all that information. But then what is, how does the measurement, um, you know, component get, how, how does that get applied to all of this information? Yeah, that's a great question. So, so in the, in the, the voice of customer world specifically, we'll focus on VOC, keep it simple. Um, you know, there's a number of well-recognized metrics, um, that dominate that world. The, the oldest one being customer satisfaction, you know, how are we doing? Um, customer satisfaction has been, was joined 15 years ago by a thing called customer effort score, which is how difficult was it to do what we're doing? Um, and then things evolved, you know, you've got net promoter score and net promoter score is very like customer satisfaction, except instead of asking how well do you think we're doing, we ask, would you refer us to your friends, which is a, in the world of behavioral psychology is a much more emotionally deep question than just asking how you're doing. And there's a variety of others too, but basically, you know, what, what those metrics do is they provide a framework for everybody to understand you know, how, how are you doing today against those standardized metrics? How well were you doing yesterday? What's your goal about how well you need to be doing tomorrow? And then even benchmarking yourself against other companies in your industry so that you have an idea about how well you're doing against those others. So, you know, like most business metrics, it provides kind of a, you know, a yardstick and a capability to have a conversation with people across your business about how well you're doing. Okay. okay. So net promoter score is... Uh, measurement of the voice of the customer because it seems like one of the old standards. Are, are there are there new uh, measurements that have come along since Net Promoter Score to measure voice of the customer? There, there are. Um, even though Net Promoter Score is a little, I suppose, long in the tooth these days. I mean, it's twenty years old, um, a little bit more than twenty years old. The, the reality is that uh -huh. most, many companies, not most companies, are just are just starting to adopt it in a really robust way, but. Um, the problem, the problem is that uh, I, I certainly am a, I'm a member of the NPS is not enough club. Um, so, you know, NPS is a great metric, but there's more to it when you when you want to be, you know, not just surviving but thriving in the current business environment. And so, um, you know, what's happened is is as customer satisfaction begat net promoter score and customer effort score and so on and so forth, there are now more uh, leaders are, are applying more sophisticated metrics, which not only include those components, but they also include customer loyalty scores. They include operational metrics. They include financial metrics. They include 
behavioral metrics and they uh, they aggregate those up into you know more robust and more powerful scores if if i put it in a simplistic way one of the challenges with net promoter score is the net promoter score tells you a little bit more deeply than customer satisfaction scores how well you're doing with customers but it doesn't give you any information about what you're supposed to do to fix it whereas you know operational metrics and financial metrics around product and many other things give you you know give you a lot more detail and you know the new the new era in the last 4 or 5 years of of more sophisticated customer experience indices, CXI being one of them, which was promoted a decade ago by Forrester and still is, um, you know, those more sophisticated metrics are much more powerful than MPS. But, you know, MPS is better than CSAT and CSAT is better than nothing. Um, and so for organizations that are just really beginning to embark on having, you know, powerful measurement improvement and listening systems, you got to start somewhere. So why not start in the basics? Um, so that's listening systems. Mm -hmm. And now you mentioned actioning and response. Mm. That's the second element. Yeah. What is what is that all about? Well, I mean, firstly, is is, you know, the reason the reason that you're measuring and listening is to do something about it. Right. So and and in fact, I'd even make it stronger. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the worst things you can possibly do as a company is to ask your customer's opinion and then do nothing. If you're going to do that, don't ask. Of course. Right? <laughs> which may sound logical, but I, how many I, times that, have how many that times does have you, sound logical? Yes. Yeah. How many times have you filled out a customer satisfaction survey or had a conversation with somebody on the phone, and you know a month later you come back and it's just the same, right? It's like really, you're trying to make me feel better by asking me my opinion so that you could ignore me. Um, so, you know, but that actioning falls into two different bits, right? So there's responses, which is doing something now. So, you know, if you if you're in the middle of booking your airline ticket online and the system crashes around your ears and it won't take your credit card number and you come back and it happens again and you call somebody, it's like, hey, I'm trying to book my daughter to fly her across the country to college or fly her home in the current environment and it won't take my credit card. It doesn't do you any good for them to say, well, you know what, we've got a project in place in three months from now. Um, so there's the response piece. So what do you need to respond to immediately? Um, and then there's the second piece, which is the sy systemic improvement. So, you know, if a company sees repeated multiple instances of the same problems, then they're going to bundle those up and put them into a package of stuff and say, you know, this is this is something that that we need to do. So, like very personally, um, you know, I had a, a vacation booked where I booked a train right in Europe online, um, and came back the next day and needed to change it. And there was actually no way in the online app to change the booking, but it gave me a phone number to call to change the booking. Uh, but the phone number was only between mm -hmm. 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. in Pacific time because they had a U.S. operation. And there was no chat or email capability on the website to connect. So I called the phone number and was on hold for 45 minutes. We all know this story, right? And, and eventually... I became so frustrated over a period of days that I sent a flaming complaint on Twitter where everybody could see it and miraculously somebody called me back, right? That is not a good experience design. Um, nobody's going to respond to it immediately. I mean, they did. They said, we're sorry. And they said, here's the change in your train ticket. But if I'd gone back, which I did not, by the way, if I'd gone back three months later, I probably would have seen exactly the same thing. So, you know, there's there's improvements you make as kind of you know systemic improvements and there's responses that you need to take right now in order to address pressing customer issues okay yeah that makes sense 
Okay, the third one, and I think you might have touched on this a little bit already, uh, voice of analytics. I think when you were talking about the operations measurements mm. and finance measurements, is th- is this the category that those belong in, or is this something different? It's 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 something different. I mean, like most things, there's overlap between these things. But but you know, if you think of voice of customer as being asking your customers what they think and need and do. Um, you know, and they'll tell you, right? Sometimes they lie, by the way. You know, sometimes they lie mm-hmm. accidentally and sometimes they lie deliberately. I think we had that conversation a while ago in one of these podcasts about yes. there's lots of people yes, who don't like did. to be mean to people. Um, sometimes in business, being nice to people when they don't deserve it or being nice to a business is being mean because you don't want to approve. But So voice of analytics is really measuring, especially in today's digital world, it's measuring what your customers do. So... You know, I, I would I would argue that the real birth of this was in 2006 when a little company you might have heard of called Google um, launched something called Google Analytics. And when they launched Google Analytics, it meant that companies could track what people were doing on their websites and then eventually track what they were doing on their mobile apps after smartphones were launched in 2008. Um, you know, and so tracking what people do on websites and mobile apps and social media platforms and a bunch of other places gives you a a much deeper understanding of what customers actually do. Um, and then, you know, in that same time period, we saw contact center analytics uh, come to the table. If you're a, if you operate out of branches or stores or offices, there's all kinds of, you know, in-store analytics. You know, if you may have environmental analytics like, you know, Nest and all kinds of other things in your stores. Um, and then you can, you know, you can you can get analytics from your social media platforms. And then, you know, today you can do semantic analytics on emails and chats and all kinds of, you know, freeform text and get sentiment and understanding and so on and so forth out of those. So, um, you know, the, the world of analytics gets more and more robust and the volume of insight you can get from analytics continues to uh, continues to increase. So, so voice of customer plus voice of analytics are two of the most important uh, inputs to determining what actions you need to take and what you need to improve. Really? So essentially what your customers are telling you and what your customers are actually doing. Correct. Which could be two completely different things. There's there's almost always a difference. Sometimes the difference is, you know, one degree of separation and sometimes it's north and south. <laughs> Something something completely different. So I suppose if you saw something drastically different, like you said, north and south, between what your customers actually did and what they were telling you, then you might use that information to go back and say, oh, hey, maybe we need to reformulate how we're asking our customers questions or we need to rethink our relationships so that they feel more empowered to actually communicate with us what they're actually thinking. Yeah, or 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 maybe it's just information. I mean, maybe it's it's you know maybe there's something wrong with our experience design whereby you know customers are in during during the series of steps are finding themselves doing something different in our digital platforms um, than they want to, and and or it's just that customers don't always know what they're doing. Right? Or don't remember what they're doing later, or especially if it's a relationship survey and it's 12 months later, right? I mean, do we really remember what we did on, you know, March the 17th, 2019? Probably not. <laughs> Definitely not. 
And we're down to, we had voice of the customer, um, actionable, I guess, actions, <laughs> actionable actions and responses and voice of analytics. And um, now we have additional measures, which looks like a little potpourri box of a number of different things. What are the main components of, of that element? Yeah. Before I go there, by the way, some people um, stumble over those first three and find it easier to think of voice of customer plus voice of analytics followed by actioning, right? So you take your voice of customer, you mash it with your voice of analytics, okay. decide what to do. Other people are different. So, but your the additional measures are really the the, the things that 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 kind of add meaning to uh, those other voices, right? And so you think about financial measures, right? So, you know, revenue, margin, profit customer wallet share. I mean, this is the stuff the business executives are looking for. It's like, great, your customers are happy. Who cares? Um, you know, they're having a great time on our website. Who cares? How much money did I get? Um, you change the experience. How much did the money get? How did much did the money change as a, is an operating cost improvement, right? So that's, that's number one. And then you have, um, you know, transactional measures, business measures, things like, you know, how many orders were placed, how many returns came in, um, and then a variety of operational measures, which are, you know, call center response times and number of click-throughs on a website or from email campaigns, number of store visits, number of social connections and posts, um, and then a bunch of behavioral measures, which are really kind of observed things around, you know, do you, do you arrive at my business via search? Um, what channels do you access in what order? Do you go to your website and then to your store and then to your call center and then to a partner's website? Do you go to the partner's website first? Is there alignment between those behaviors and um, different types of customers or different product lines or different markets? So, you know, again, the most robust companies, the, the, mo the leaders are taking their voice of customer input, asking the customers what they think. They're taking voice of analytics which, you know, give you more visibility on what they're actually doing. They then mash those together with your financial and transactional and operational and behavioral metrics. And that tells you why it's important. You know, what, what's the impact on your business? And, and all of those things are ultimately kind of packaged together in terms of defining, you know, what response actions should you make? What improvements should you make? Um, you know, because ultimately you've got to have a, you've got to have a return on investment, right? You've got to have a case for making these investments in businesses because there's thousands of things businesses could be doing, but only a few they can actually do. And so, you know, those additional measures also bring further granularity, further insight and further power to the whole concept of measurement and improvement. And last but not least, we have the CX continuous improvement systems. Yeah, I see the, the kind of CX continuous improvement system as being kind of the you know, the, the most sophisticated version of bringing all these things together. So, you know, it's it's where you have not, not just a voice of customer measure like CSAT or Net Promoter Score, not just a voice of analytics measure like a Google Analytics click-through rate. Um, you know, it's where you're integrating the process, the people, the technology, the data, the tools to continuously listen and measure and improve experiences you know, bringing all of those those components together, and then and then executing that in a continuous improvement model. So it's never ending. It's a continuous process of measure, improve, measure, improve, measure, improve, 
including improving the measuring, right? So um, as more and more channels become available to businesses and more and more sophisticated measurement tools become available. And so this idea of kind of a CX continuous improvement system is really the, the new wave that the leaders are really pushing to be able to, to be able to build, you know, very sophisticated measurement and improvement systems. So really it's a conglomeration of everything that we just talked about looking at it through a holistic kind of a lens. Yeah. So if you think about, you know, the other bits and pieces of this from customer satisfaction to net promoter score to, to, you know, to, to postcards, to emails, to Google analytics, to, you know, it's been a, it's been a good 50 year run of increasing sophistication and maturity. And I said, you know, very few companies are actually integrating all that information and, you know, CX continuous improvement systems are really kind of the, the most modern wave and the next wave for companies as they, as they try and put this into a, into a systematic, you know, measure, improve, measure, improve. Um, so you said not too many companies are doing it yet. Have you been involved with a company that is doing that? And without naming names, um, just briefly, do they have any real measurements as far as how much it's improved their ROI by taking this approach? Or, or what kind of results have they seen by doing that? We've seen a lot of organizations who've, you know, set up more sophisticated voice of customer and voice of analytics systems than they had before and, and seen some pretty, pretty dramatic results. We, have, we had an uh, insurance, insurance client that, that put in place a uh, voice of kind of two-tiered voice of customer system. So they operate through insurance agents and they put in a voice of customer uh, system and a voice of analytics system to test you know, to ask their agents what they thought about the experiences. They asked their agents what they, how well they were doing delivering experiences to the end customers. You know, they, they analyzed their digital platforms to see what they were up to. Um, and then they put in a separate system that basically went directly to the end customers and asked them what they thought of the agent um, and also asked how they thought, felt their experience was going. And, and they identified a pretty wide disconnect between the agent or in their case called producers um, evaluation of the experience they were delivering to their customers and the and the evaluation of the customer's experience um, from the agent. And so they spent um, a pretty sizable amount of money really addressing that and bringing those two constituencies together. And they saw their, um, you know, their policy revenue go up by about 12% within 12 months, which is, you know, they're a multi-billion dollar company. So that's a fairly significant chunk of change and it didn't cost them anything, right? So it's all profit. Um, and it was simply identifying a very small handful, about five or six disconnects between the experience desires of, of a fairly large swath of customers and the experiences they were being delivered by the agents, making the agent, they use the data to show the agents why they felt that because when they first went to them, the agents were like, that's not true. So they had to use the customer voice, the customer verbatims to show the agents that it really was true. Um, and then they also identified that there was a pretty dramatic difference between the the experiences that their older generation insurance agents and customers um, were getting and the experience that a new swath of 25, 30 year old insurance agents and customers both wanted and were getting. So it was a, you know, pretty dramatic. And we see, you know, just literally having the data, you mentioned, you know, voice of analytics versus voice of customer, bringing those two views together. We see time and time and time again, 
where customers tell you they're doing one thing and and the analytics tells you they're doing something entirely different and if you're not careful you spend all your money focusing on what the customer tells you and not enough money focusing on what they're doing or too many companies that have invested massively in their digital analytics and they get the visibility of what the customers are doing but they don't get from that digital analytics how does the customer feel right so um you know voice of customer is really the only way you can tell how they feel unless you get really powerful semantic analytics in their emails to mine it out so it's you know there's lots and lots and lots of examples of um you know how paying attention to this really moves the needle in a pretty significant way for companies that build it and and how you know elevating the various levels of sophistication and maturity of their measurement improvement systems elevates their business performance so these are sound like some pretty well established companies that have the money to spend on that how would you advise a smaller company that just needs to start small and you know, needs to start somewhere, where would they even begin to start? So, you know, it can be, it can be as simple as, uh, in fact, it's, I would say not only is it not so long ago, this was the case for most companies, but it's still true for many companies. It could be as simple as sending out emails to, you know, all your customers and asking them what they think, right? It could be as if you're a, you know, if you're a digital startup, for example, it could be as simple as, you know, making sure that you use the tools available, some of which are free, like Google Analytics, which is often free. Um, you know, using the analytics tools that are available just to be able to see what it is they're doing and then and then periodically asking them. It might be, you know, once we, we have a, a small startup, they're like $3 million in revenue. They're about 18 months old and they, um, they're a digital company, but they realized that it was very worth their while to have more than digital. So they bring... Um, three across the country, they bring three different customer focus groups together once a year. And they, you know, probably not right now, but they bring them together into a room and they, you know, feed them beer and hot dogs or whatever and, and ask them questions about how they're doing. And, um, and they do that on Skype sometimes. They do it physically on other times. But it's, it doesn't have to be a big multi-million dollar program. All we would say is if you don't listen to your customers today, and you don't use some of the analytics to get a contrasting measure, and you don't create line of sight between those CX measurements and your operating measurements, even if you just write that line of sight down on post-it notes or put it in an Excel spreadsheet. If you don't do these things today, then you're basically doomed to either fail today or fail to fail tomorrow. So, so or we say the same thing to every company, whether it's a startup, whether it's a company that's young in terms of CX measurement improvement, which is, you know, figure out what you do today, figure out what a few things are that you can do better, do them, and then do a few more, and then do a few more. And if you've, you know, if you've either fallen so far behind or you have the capability to do something dramatic and radical, um, maybe you do something dramatic and radical, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be. Remember the idea of a continuous improvement system, right? The same thing applies to your measurement system, which is, you know, just do more tomorrow than you do today and do it with the right attitude, which is to really understand deeply what it is your customers want and need and how well you're doing and delivering on that. And, and you know, barring any other calamities, um, life will get better. Yeah, sounds like words of wisdom. I think that we need to add some links to our show notes about where people can find more information mm -hmm. on all of these different types of, of measurements. 
And so I would encourage people with questions and, uh, you know, this is our situation. Where do we get started to write in or, or call our number and get some questions answered? Yep. So you can contact us at info at talkingcx.com. You can call us at 833-482-5529. You can add us at, you can tweet us. I mean, you can, yeah. You can contact us at Twitter at TalkingCX. And we would love to hear from you. Yeah. And we'll, um, you know, if, if people are kind enough to deliver our voice of customer through one of those many channels, we will do our best to respond, right? Isn't that the point? Yes. Yeah. By all means. Yes. We, you can practice by contacting us and telling us how you think we're doing and what you'd like to see different <laughs> and how go. we can improve your listening experience. And, you know, to your point, I think that that kind of underscores the tagline that we always close our podcast with, which is do CX right. And do it right now. More important than ever. Okay. Thank you, everybody. And we will talk to you next time. Perfect.